and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome back to Soberholic Podcast. My name's Roger in studio today with Jason Ross, and today I'm going to stir the pot. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, more so than, than usual, I guess. I've got this burning issue, I guess, uh, that I want to talk about today, and um, I, I don't know how to get us there, but I, I will start by this. There was... Um, a time that I had a guy talk to me. We've even had him on here before on the show. I'm not going to name a name, but he, he has been one of our guest speakers. I'm, I admire this guy. I don't think anything bad about this guy. But uh, he made a point to me because in Celebrate Recovery, you, you say, my name is Roger. Um, I celebrate Recovery from Drugs and Alcohol. Or you know, you'll hear this one. My name is Roger, and I struggle with drugs and alcohol. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I used to always introduce myself is struggle. My name is Roger. I struggle because that's what everybody else does. I struggle with alcohol. Um, and at that point, I was several years sober. And he walked up to me afterwards and said, Roger, you don't struggle with drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you know, th- there, there is some truth to that. Like, it's not a day to day obsession anymore. I, I don't think of it that way. He said, you're lying to these people. I'm like, hmm, that was kind of a shot in the gut. Like, I'm not trying to to, to lie. That's just that's the way that I'm, I'm. I was told to do it. Like in in AA, I was said, I'm Roger. I'm alcoholic. In NA, I'm Roger. I'm an addict. And so that's that's something that I, that's how you introduce yourself. Right. You know, you get my point. And so it really got me to thinking about, you know, am I always an addict? You know. You know, or or is there a point that I'm not anymore? You know, I don't know. Right. And um, so I, I changed what I used to say from I'm Roger and I struggle with drugs and alcohol to I'm Roger, I'm celebrating um, recovery from drugs and alcohol. Because that did seem more legit. But then um, as I kind of walked this path in recovery, I had other people, especially those, um, you know, who are Christians, would begin to – to tell me that you know you're you're no longer that you're a new creation, you you don't struggle with that anymore. And so why do you continue to say that you're an addict or alcoholic? You know when you speak or when you share or, or even when you preach, why do you do those things? And that's kind of been the dilemma for me um, for a long time now um, of of what that looks like. You know, it seems to be. Um, there's this slippery, 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 I can't say it, slippery, slippery slope (laughs) that people go down, um, that get real big Jesus freaks, you know, um, and then I see them, you know, begin quoting the Bible, doing it in church all the time, and then they go back out and start drinking, which to me, that would be worse to do that um, than to me to say that I'm an addict or an alcoholic. Right. You know, th- that witness is much worse. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. Where, where does religions, where does recovery stop and religion, religion begin maybe? Yeah. Um, or can the two coexist? And are there problems 
with um, going too far too fast. I don't, I don't know. Um, this is this is a tough one. Uh, we're gonna make some people mad. We're gonna make somebody one. mad on here. Uh, and, and be sure you address Jason no. his soberholic <laughs> podcast at gmail.com with those things. And remember, like these are just our opinions. They and are. I think, and I think on this particular topic, like you and I probably see eye to eye. But let me go back to the beginning okay. of what you were talking about. I'm an alcoholic. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic. My name is Jason. I celebrate recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction. My name's Jason. I've been set free from alcoholic alcoholism and drug addiction. I've said all those things, mm-hmm. right? But what I really mean, I mean the same thing no matter which one I say. And what I mean is... Whether I say I'm an alcoholic or whether I say I have, I have freedom from alcoholism, all I'm really saying is I've been sober off alcohol. I can't safely use alcohol. You know, when I say in an AA meeting, I'm Jason, I'm an alcoholic, I'm not saying that like that is my core identity still seven years into sobriety. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't even think the big book, there's plenty of places in in the AA big book that would also, like the the word freedom in the big book is used, I don't know, 30 something times, 40 times. It talks about being free. And, uh, you know, when the big book says once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, it's not talking about you're just going to be a sorry gutter alcoholic for the rest of your life. You're in bondage the rest of your life. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is... And what I what I mean when I say I'm an alcoholic is I mean if I put the first drink in my body, I don't know what's going to happen, and that more than likely because I've proven to myself over over and over again that if I take a drink, eventually I'm going to be drinking alcoholically if not right away. Um, my my hunch is it would happen right away, and so that's all I really mean when I say I'm an alcoholic. Now, the whole celebrating recovery from alcoholism, that, identifying myself as that, um, I mean, I pretty much mean the same thing, um, except, you know, it, it's, it sounds a little bit more positive, and that's good, you know. Now, I, I have actually said, mainly here in the last year or two, you know, I've been delivered from alcoholism and drug addiction, or I've been set free from alcoholism and drug addiction. Now, what I'm saying is that I've, you know, God has has delivered me from that lifestyle of active using and drinking. What I'm not saying is that I'm free forever. I can now drink like a normal um, right. person. I can go have a beer now. Yeah. That's not what, that is not what I'm saying. Right. And so I, I think, I think a lot of, people run into problems when they make um, assumptions about some of these terms delivered, you know, set free or whatever. And I also think people use those terms, you know, I've been delivered. I'm never going to drink again um, with some, you know, with some false understanding of uh, particularly what the Bible says about them. Well, okay. So, I completely agree with 100% of what you just said, and that's exactly how I would describe it. And, you know, I've used even that 
that word delivered before even on our show i've, I've used that yeah but that's probably the one word that i cringe when i hear people say i mean yeah uh, more than any but I, I get it and usually whoever says it even if i cringe to it it's it's the difference in our wording it's all it is is wording like you talking about mm-hmm. set free delivered uh celebrating recovery addiction whatever we're just using different words but we're meaning the same thing but there are those who who are different in in what we believe or what I believe, and this is where I I, I, I may even be wrong here. Okay, I, I'm going to throw it out there. I may be wrong with what I'm fixing to say, um, but there's some that would say that Jason, you say that you're an alcoholic. Why are you speaking death upon you like this? Yeah, you know, you're speaking that into existence. Well, that's where's that in the Bible? Well, look, words have power. Yeah, you know. And, I'm not superstitious, so, so. <laughs> that's a superstitious, like religious belief. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really propagated by like the whole word faith movement, the prosperity gospel, like where you, where they believe that your words have superstitious power over your life, and I don't believe that. Kind of like speaking something to, to existence. Yeah, like I'm gonna prosper financially this year and because you said that you do right well i I saw a lot of problems with that this this past year with covid because those same folks who would say (laughs) that went and got vaccinated yeah why didn't they just speak it into existence yeah um but there there was another guy that i i admired a lot um especially his biblical knowledge i mean he could just speak the bible just up and down could um, really just dissect it for you and was able to explain it in very layman terms, which to me that shows very good Bible knowledge. And um, he was in recovery, even spent some time incarcerated. Um, So he kind of knew the the lingo, you know, because you can go to AA meetings a lot and know the lingo. You can go to church a lot Mm -hmm. and know the lingo. However, you could... You could go to church, know the lingo, never be saved. Yep. You could go to um, recovery, know the lingo, but never be sober. And um, so this guy knew the talk, yet his walk really never matched his talk. You know, mm. nothing really jived with him. And um, he made the comment about how people would experience these these problems in their lives. And the reason being is because of sin in their life. And I, I'm like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't understand why we're saying that this sin is what's causing me to be an addict or an alcoholic. And that that's, that's kind of how he would try to bring it around to me. And it never really carried any weight. I can't even really explain really what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. Other than that is the reason that, you know, I had problems is because I continue to have this sin in my life. And, um, Yet every other weekend I would find him relapsed, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I'm not saying I'm better than him by no means. Um, just I, the point I'm making is just because we're able to quote the Bible up and down um, or even a, our church attendance is better than anyone else, that doesn't make us our sobriety better than someone who's not. Yeah. And I, I have a kind of like a, you know, personal experience with, um, the, the, the rehab I was at, um, years ago in new Orleans, I don't, I couldn't even count how many guys I would see come in there, get sober, you know, 
they they graduate, you know, after six months or whatever, they get their phones, their phone, their Facebook feeds are just Bible scriptures, you know, they're raising their hands, you know, you know, at church and all this kind of stuff. But like on the weekends, like they're going and staying with their girlfriend, you know, and they're that they're that they're not married to, right. like staying there with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I would see, and their language would be just kind of the same as when they first got there, um, you know, telling, you know, off-color jokes or whatever, or, you know, just just not, you know, the audio didn't match the video. And I think that is kind of the heart of the problem as far as people who jump on the religious bandwagon when they when they first become sober especially like with the I'm delivered, I'm set free, I'm never going to, you know, fall back into this again. You know, it's easier to reconcile that when you when you are getting sober than to to look at the re- reality that hey, this is going to be a lifelong struggle that I'm going to have to deal with and that I'm going to have to do something about and that there's going to have to be like continuous action to work on my recovery, to be able to keep my sobriety. So they come in and they claim, you know, a verse like 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you know, behold, all things become new. I'm a new creature in Christ. And they try to run a touchdown with that. Like before, you know, before they have a clear understanding of that verse and its context, but also like without having any action to their Christian faith. So, like, where James said, faith without works is dead, you know, there there are no works in their life. And so, they're trying to hang their hat more on, like, a, a, a one-time religious experience without walking that out in their daily lives. Does that make sense? It does. I mean... I mean, I just I know perfectly in my head the point I'm trying to make, <laughs> and I feel like I'm failing miserably at trying to let everyone else into my head for a moment. It's a scary place to be to begin with. So, like religious mania, yes, right? um, where but, they just get so enraptured, like by these religious experiences, which I'm not knocking, and I want to also acknowledge the fact that. I know people who have told me, and I believe them, that you know they were they were in in a church service, and like God just reached down and touched them, and they have not had a drink or a drug since. Right, years. You know, one of my friends, he's probably fifteen, sixteen years sober, never gone to a meeting, never done any of that, but he stayed in the church, was discipled by somebody, walked out his faith, and the audio did match the video. And so I think that's where the disconnect for somebody who is trying to get sober gets a hold of a re- like you know just religious mania and never fleshes it out in their daily life, and that's why they end up relapsing. Yeah, the, this re- religious person that I, I, I kind of think of when I is the person that will turn scripture into ammunition and um, just begin to use it. Almost to to avoid looking at themselves, yeah. Which is what discipleship or the twelve steps was, which is really just discipleship, right. um, does. It requires us to look deeper into ourselves, and 
then there's this 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 problem that even if you do that, look within yourself and clean up the wreckage of our past, that my last pastor made a point to me to say, well, you've you got to be careful to now that you've you know, you've become saved, you've worked, um, you know, working out these resentments and you've made amends and you're helping others that you don't become um, like you believe that you're better than the average person walking in the door. Right. You know, because on the flip side of this is you've got the religious folks, but then you've got the people who are so entrenched in recovery, they think they're better than everybody else. There is this, this safer medium to be in that... Uh, is where I kind of found myself. Um, I don't say that I stay there, but in AA, I heard it referred to many times as a spiritual kindergarten. You've probably heard Mm -hmm. that yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I begin to have some faith. And, um, you know, but there's also the saying, you you go to AA to save your butt and you go to church to save your soul, (laughs) you know, and that's really kind of how it started for me. Um, I did get my butt saved in AA, but I felt like there was more that I needed. And so I began looking to the church because that was where my childhood faith was. And even with all the resentments, that's where I found myself back because a sponsor had helped me work through the resentments I had against God. And so I began going back to church, and um, it was just like being a kid in church again because I I didn't know anything about it. And I... um, you know, I even got back into school, seminary, all mm-hmm. of those things. And it was really good for me. But there was this balance for me personally that I had to keep with my spiritual life and also remembering that I'm an addict. Because, yes, I am a new creation. Um, the old is gone. The new is here. Um I am no longer identified, as you mentioned earlier, by those things in my past because of what Christ did on the cross. All right, so I, I no longer am a slave to the the penalty of sin, mm-hmm. but I do still believe there's power that sin has over me because yeah. uh, I, I, I fall victim to it. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. It could be like the woman. I'm sleeping with a woman down the street. It could be any of those things. And so when I, I, I keep going back to like, well, I'm Roger, I'm an alcoholic. Roger, I'm an addict. Those words are a reminder to me. Even though I'm a Christian, even though Christ has done all these things for me, I still fall into sin. And that sin for me would be my addiction, my alcoholism, among many other things. Uh, And if I don't remember that, then I'll go back to that. If I can somehow figure out this other line of reasoning that I'm arguing right now, that I'm Roger, I'm delivered, um, I'm no longer the person that I used to be, that I've set free, and all those are true statements. They are very true statements. I can begin to manipulate my mind into believing well then maybe i could drink like my friends do yeah because i'm no longer that old person i'm a new person yeah that's that's how my mind works because my mind doesn't work the same as a normal person why because i'm an alcoholic right yeah (laughs) and so um i i know that that my mind must be renewed. Paul talks about that, you know, about the renewing of renewing. our mind. Renewing. Yes, it has not been renewed yet. And that could be a lifetime for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm being real with that because, you know, for a lifetime for us is not long for God. And so 
it's almost it would be better for it to be a lifetime for me because you know I, I kept things slow and it's it's very good. I don't believe I ever got delivered from at an altar because I would have thought I did it in my own power. I had to realize that God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Yeah. And so those are the reasons I, I kind of just cringe on these these ideas of that. I, I'm this new person that I, I no longer have to go to meetings anymore. I may not have to go to a meeting anymore. I, in some ways, I believe that today. You know, because I do believe that we, we begin to rebuild our life and it begins to get better and we've learned the principles. Do we keep practicing those principles? I don't know when that starts or when that ends. Mm-hmm. You know, my sponsor in the very beginning, he told me, you don't have to go but one meeting a week, but you just don't know which meeting it is, so I suggest you come seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of it before. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where I'm still at today with meetings. Um, could I not go? I believe so because I, I know old timers with a lot more time than me who don't go to meetings anymore and they're still sober because there was this false belief for a long time that I had that if people didn't come to meetings anymore they went back out and were using drugs right, or alcohol. Right. That's not always That's not true. true. Always, um, you know, I don't know what the the statistics are on that, but I mean, I do know a lot of long term sobriety guys that are are sober that don't go to meetings or mm-hmm. very seldom do they go to meetings, but they have found other ways to help people. And to serve people, and are still doing the twelve step, just not in a room of AA or you know into a recovery basis. They may be doing it at their church now. Mm-hmm. They may be discipling someone else, like you talked about. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, like like you were talking about. I mean, I totally agree, and I and I think I think the main problem that you know you could point to some of these cases and i've seen i've i'll still see this all the time um where where the danger of of taking verses out of the bible like i'm a new creation you know that's not a you know that's talking about you know when you put your faith and hope and trust in jesus christ repent and believe repent of your sins and put and you know and believe in him but that doesn't mean that you're perfect and that you're never going to sin again or that you're never going to fall again. You know, that's where, you know, salvation is where, you know, we accept, you know, the free gift of God, you know, in our, you know, in our lives and we decide we're going to follow Jesus. Well, then after that, there's sanctification, which is just a big Bible word for, you know, trying to become more like Christ in our lives and trying to live according to the principles that are, that, or in the Bible. Um, and so, you know, that is a process. And it's clear in the Bible that that is a process. You know, Jesus didn't call the disciples. And, you know, I mean, they they, they walked with him for, for years as he was trying to teach them. And it wasn't an overnight process. Uh, and so, we, like, I think, I think my advice on this whole subject is, Feel free to say, I'm delivered. Feel free to say, I have freedom from the bondage of that particular addiction, whatever it is you're struggling with. But just be careful to never think that it's not possible for you to mess up or fall again. Now, I know, and I have friends who would fight me on that, Mm -hmm. you know, but and would use scriptures to do it. 
But saying a scripture is not a magic incantation over your life. I don't think it is. And I, I think the Christian life and to have continual freedom over a particular addiction requires walking it out daily with action. You know, it's not for me. That's the way it is for me. I don't know about anybody else, but that's the way it's been for me. And and I think that's the kind of the trap that's easy to fall in is, you know, I believe in Jesus. Now I'm good forever. I don't have to do anything else because that is it. It sounds easier to do. My pastor, he um, he kind of stepped on my toes the other day because he 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 used this wording about we don't have to take these steps, yada yada yada, and I was like, well, I've taken steps most of my life here, and those steps were to get closer to to God. So he took these steps, and he and his whole sermon was based on we 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 can't take steps to get closer to God. It's, it was everything that I that I have really kind of led myself to believe you know these are the reasons i do this and he's correct in what he said because he's like you will never be as a christian you will never be closer to god than you are today because when you you become a christian the holy spirit comes in you and and, you know god is within you you're robed in his righteousness and and i'm I'm fixing to preach a sermon here getting too too deep into this but um so yes that is a hundred percent right so i can't do step a b s c to get closer to him because he's he's there. I mean, he's already in me, and I and and he's he's paid the the price for my sin. However, like you're talking about sanctification, those are the things that I must do now is to begin getting become more like him. Because if you really have faith in him, the faith your faith will be the root that will produce fruit. Right. That will produce good works. Because if you have a faith like if you're if you don't produce good works, well then there there is no faith. That's how we know that somebody has real real faith is that you can tell by their lifestyle, their words, and their actions. It's almost like what we were talking about in a previous episode that um, you know you you can see by the actions of someone of the life they live. Yeah, um, I I've. The Christians that I admire the most in my life, I'm not talking about the religious people. There's a difference between a Christian and the religious freaks that we're talking about. There is a difference um, for me. And um, and I'm not even saying that both aren't even saved. I don't know that. But there's, there's some that take it to an extreme that I don't understand, and there's some that are more grounded in, in Scripture and believe what I believe. And it's not even about denominations. It really right, isn't for me. Right. It's a, it's about yeah. what it says. But when you look at the two, there um, there there has to be some kind of balance there. That I, I don't know the best way to make this make sense. Um, you're you're trying to like between having a spiritual a rich spiritual life in Christ without trying to, you know, have a faith that's not backed up by actions. Right. I mean, when I see that person that seems to be grounded in their faith 
and living their faith, I just see it in them. I don't yeah. need for them to throw scripture at me at dart. You know, there's people that I see that just throw darts of scripture verses at you and want to try to persuade you one way or another. And, and I guess in one way, you're, everyone's pastor kind of even does that. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. There, there is a difference in some people that will begin to get this holier-than-thou attitude when they get sober yeah. and try to say that I'm better than you because I've I've achieved this spiritual level of maturity. Right. That is not the person that I want to become. It right. really isn't. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that the there is a sense of of believing what you believe. Yeah. And if you believe what you believe, you're going to you're going to stand on that. But the the ones that I seem to gravitate towards and I respect are those that can have that same attitude but um do it in a very humble sense. Yeah. And 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 we can just look at Paul and you know to see the value of humility um because Paul said, "I'm the chief of sinners." Mm-hmm. You know? This is the guy who wrote 13 books out of the New Testament, you know, wrote, you know, more books than anybody else in the Bible. But yet he still says he still has humility enough and to, to say that I am a sinner. I'm the chief of sinners, right. you know, and he, he even had something in his life that was ongoing that, you know, God chose not to deliver him from the thorn in his side, you know, and, um, you know, we, we see that that humility in Paul. And, and I think, I think a lot of what we're getting at is, is a struggle with ego, you know, is, is being proud, being too proud and, and prideful, you know, with, with humility. Well, I think that we've talked for almost 30 minutes and I still have not really made my point. Uh, well, and it's all my fault here that no, I'm not. No, we made points. We have made points, but I've not made really the point I'm trying to make. And one day I'm going to figure out how to put it into words and throw it on the show. Uh, maybe someone can understand this and decipher the code that I threw out there that I still ain't sure about myself. But I do know this, that there, there is a place for recovery. And that that recovery, I hope and pray for everyone here that it grows into a spiritual life that that leads them to Jesus Christ, because yes. that's the only saving faith that you can find. Um, so you know, one true higher so, power. Yeah, if you, you can go to, yeah. to, to recovery meetings and save your butt, but the only place you're going to save your soul is through Jesus. Yeah. Um, and but in the in the midst of that, don't get so hung up and become too religious because if you'll look through scripture jesus actually fought those who were religious the pharisees the sadducees those are the ones that he he frowned on remember that he came for the sinners yeah uh, not the saints and so you know when it's okay to know that you still have struggles yeah you know that's i guess that's my whole point is to know that it's okay to say that you have struggles still it's okay to be identified as an alcoholic or an addict because your identity doesn't come from those things it's about who you are in christ if you're a christian today yeah that that's that's it i did it and walking it out i did it yeah there you go so all right next 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 episode is addiction a sin or a disease you have wanted to do that forever and we've hinted around on it some i think yeah uh, maybe we'll, we'll tackle it we'll get a, a 
package bomb in the mail on that one probably <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll tackle that one soon uh, good deal all right man that brings us to the close of another one my name's roger i'm jason we're signing out thanks for listening to soberholic with roger and jason if you like the show and want to know more check out soberholicpodcast.com please remember to leave us a review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week soberholics <laughs>